The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me as mostly in one shape is my co-host, Stephen Brown. How you doing, Stephen? Yeah, I've been better. What's going on? Um, Kidney stones. Which is a new experience for me. Yeah. You know how much I like new experiences. Yeah, um, <laughs> no matter what they are, apparently. Yeah, apparently no matter what they are. Um, yeah, it's been... Uh, I'm on day four of... Yeah. Ever after, after having gone to the emergency room for it, and um, it's really... It's not great. It's 10 out of 10 would not recommend the kidney stone <sighs> if you can avoid it. You are surrounded by containers of liquid right now. Yeah, yeah, you're supposed to keep drinking. You know, you gotta yeah. get, gotta get this process. It. Yeah, I, I felt kind of ghoulish about it because I, I worked on um, a client that was for treating kidney stones. Yeah, and they're for treating like uh, kidney stones that never go away. Um, so oh, like these definitely, I hope go away. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, you don't want to know everything I know. Yeah, that's true. And second like of all, I'm asking you like. W- questions that are way out of friend bound. Yeah, I'm like, so how does it feel, and when did? It yeah, <laughs> uh, I I keep hoping it won't be. I thought it was gonna kind of be over on Thursday. Yeah, I was been pain all day, and I was like, well, this is it. This is the worst of it. And Friday was fine, and then Saturday I woke up at like five in the morning because of the pain, and it really hasn't gone away since. I'm like, oh fuck, I can't even imagine. So, I think like the only thing I can compare it to is uh I got really bad food poisoning. Yeah. About 3 years ago and like I was 24 hours of like not being able to sit still right. and constantly like throwing up. Uh I ended up watching like all of season 1 of Luke Cage cuz yeah. it came out that weekend. <laughs> but I I don't yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, it's like uh it's hard to I don't know what to do with it. I think I think you just got outlast it and that's uh that's just a sucky it just sucks when it's just like, well, there's nothing really to do, but you just got to hunker down and yeah, I take mean, care of this. I mean, the one thing they can do is if it's really bad, they can open you up and go in and pull it out. Yeah. And they try not to do that. No, and I'd prefer they don't go. I don't want anyone to cut into me with anything. Yeah. They did say, I didn't know we had this kind of magical technology, but uh, if it gets really bad, you can go back to the hospital and they'll try to pulverize it with a laser. Yes. Which is, uh, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is like... I think it has to be a certain size, and they right. have to know where it is, so they don't automatically do it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the idea is that the laser just like, it's like asteroids. It just shoots it and pummels it into dust. Right. And then you you can pee the dust out a lot yeah. easier. Then this, yeah, asteroid. Yeah. So, uh, I'll keep you guys posted. I'm not a father yet, you know, so <laughs> it's still in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we have to pause this, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll give you the universal yeah. signal of me knocking the microphone over to go to the bathroom. Yeah, this might not be a, a week where we can edit the yeah. cuts. Um, we are also, you can hear the energy is a little more mellow. This, oh, yeah. This is what I originally thought it would be, you know, because we're having our morning coffee. It's also like 7 a.m. because yeah. uh, yesterday um, Renee took uh, this horrible, horrible van that we own. Yeah. Uh, up to see her mom's and her mom had like it has like a wheelchair lift in the back and it's this white rusted out old van that with like a flame on the side of it yeah that she put flame stickers on yeah and then like right around the time she put the flame stickers on the government told her to stop driving yeah <laughs> so i believe those two were connected yeah maybe <laughs> i refuse to drive this van under any circumstances mm-hmm. and uh they were up in they were right over the border from Illinois, they were in Wisconsin, and uh, the tire completely blew out. That's so also she, not fun. No, so she was able to like drive onto the median uh, with the boys and uh, called to let me know. And then I called you, and I was like, "Do you want to drive up to Wisconsin back?" And you were like, 
I have a kidney stone. Yeah. And then I was like, you should just go home. Yeah, and I so, did. So I jumped in the car and drove up. It was about an hour up there. And then it took the tow truck company like two and a half hours to show up. So yeah. fortunately, I picked them up on the side of the highway. The car's going like 80. And then the, a cop who had already pulled over, like pulled in behind me so I could get out without being smashed. Yeah. And then uh, we drove them to like a Wendy's where like she waited until the tow, co- tow truck company showed up. She gave him the key. And then we came home. Um, but that ended up being my afternoon. Yeah, it takes all day then. Yeah, fortunately there was a new Dana Gould Hour podcast. Yeah, we had some. I got to listen to, to that in the, in the car the whole time. Um, and you know how, what big fans we are of Dana Gould on this show. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a weird. Well, it was also because originally this podcast was going to be the. X-Men Dark Phoenix podcast. Yes, and then it got some of the worst reviews. Uh, it's, yeah. It, it, right now, it is doing the least box office of any X-Men movie ever made. That's really bad. There's been like 20 of them. Yeah, and and some of them have been really stinkers. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can't believe that this is worse than X-Men 3, because X-Men 3... X-Men 3 and the Apocalypse, specifically. Uh, was Wolverine Origins. The- Oh yeah, that's yeah. They said the lowest, the lowest money maker of all of them was the Wolverine, which I feel kind of bad. The Wolverine, the Wolverine, yeah. The second one they did, yeah. The Japanese wasn't bad. Well, because the first Wolverine was so so bad. bad. It's it doesn't matter how many are in the franchise. Yeah, it's if you remember the last one. Yeah, if your last one was bad, and you know what, the last X Men movie was Apocalypse. That's what everyone remembers. Yeah, and that wasn't good, but. Uh, so yeah, so what they do is audiences take it out on the next one. They're like, well, I'm not paying and going to a theater to watch another one of these. Um, which is didn't. why, which is why Batman Begins is the lowest money maker out of any Batman film. Right. Because even though it was seven years later, it came after Batman and Robin. And it was also why Spider-Man Homecoming did about as well as Thor Ragnarok. Because people were like, okay, a Marvel movie. So right. It, it was, it was in around that 500 range. And then, uh. Marvel tends to make two hundred, two kinds of movies. Ones that make five hundred million, right. and ones that make a billion. Yeah. When you look back at Spider-Man: Homecoming, it kind of made what Doctor Strange or Ant-Man made. And yeah, that's because it's not like a crazy. It didn't make as much as you'd think it did being a Spider-Man movie. Because I think Far From Home was going to be gigantic. It might be second only to yeah. Endgame. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it'll do quite that big. It'll definitely be one of their top grossings. I'd say it'd be below the Avengers and Black Panther. But it might be like the uh, as Black Panther side, maybe the biggest like standalone movie. Yeah, I think it'll fall somewhere between the middle because it's also more accessible. I mean, I've talked to people that haven't seen every Marvel movie, and there's not a lot of them, right? But um, I've talked to people that have seen like one or two movies, and Homecoming is usually one of them. And uh, yeah, but like they they couldn't even like wrap their head around Endgame. Yeah, they're just like I don't even. I don't even know what's yeah. going on. I had a friend. Uh, we talked about this. Uh, actually, Beer Babe Jess on Instagram is doing very well. She, uh, a good friend of mine, she uh, finds like local breweries and takes pictures of them. Yeah. And, and people love her because she's awesome. Um, she had seen, I think, uh, Black Panther and um, Iron Man 1, maybe. Yeah. And her husband put on Infinity War when it came on Netflix. That's not enough. And she's just like, I don't know. It was like yeah. her whole watch two and a half hours and went, yeah, I don't know. And then when Endgame came out, I said, well, you saw Infinity War. Does Endgame make sense? She's like, I don't even want to get near it. And, yeah. I, and it's a, it's good for me because I got to be reminded that not everybody is us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I think that's the kind of downside of these guys making so many movies is like there's an accessibility factor that if you haven't kind of been along for the ride the whole time – no one's going to catch up on 20 movies. Right. And know? I think that's why Far From Home has an advantage because the way it's at least being marketed right now, it's Spider-Man. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Right. Everybody liked the last Spider-Man. It'll have some ties. I know like there, the, when the new trailer came out, the spoiler trailer was him was like happy and Peter talking about Tony Stark. Right. So there's definitely going to be stuff from Endgame. But it looks like it's mostly going to be about, hey, Peter takes a class trip to Europe and Mysterio starts running around Europe doing crazy right. things. And uh, like I said, everybody knows who Spider-Man is, and pretty much everybody likes Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of the biggest superheroes for a reason. Yeah, think, whereas, um, whereas Dark Phoenix was like, we're wrapping up this second timeline of movies with a story we already did badly. Right. Um, with a lot of characters you haven't quite connected to. Like, I'm so 
disconnected with this new run of characters. Uh, first of all, uh, we've talked about this before. They always bank behind their names. And when they did First Class, nobody was a big name. But yeah. because of the people that have made other movies, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy, and Jennifer Lawrence are big movie stars. Right. They are now, but they weren't they are, then. They, yeah, they weren't then. But the entire X-Men universe is now revolves around Professor X, Magneto, and Mystique. And right. I would not buy a fucking X-Men comic that revolved around Professor X, Magneto, and Mystique. Yeah, I First Class actually I think might be my favorite X-Men movie because I think they did such a good job with Xavier and Magneto. Like, I like that dynamic that they kind of set up. Um, and then being like a period piece is like brilliant. But um, beyond like those two, um, the girl's mystique, uh, what's her yeah. name? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. And then like uh, Kevin Bacon. That's, oh, yeah, Kevin Bacon's really good. The rest that. of those people are like forgettable, you know? Yeah, and you know, I as a, it's a total fanboy problem I have with it. So uh, I know it's not fair, but First Class is about all the characters I don't care about. Right, like, yeah, because they're no, they're you've never. These aren't the X Men. Yeah, I have like Banshee. Five. It's like okay. Yeah, it's like Banshee and Havoc, and First Class has like three mutants that I didn't even know. Like I've never, I'd never seen Darwin, and there are a couple of like Grant Morrison's new X Men in there. Yeah. It's like I have five or six favorite X Men. I was um, X Men is like my comic book Star Wars where. I was super, super, super into it at one or two different points of my life. And I'm not so into it now. Yeah. But I still I still have a love for it and I still want to see it do well. Like um this year in particular, the Rise of Skywalker trailer looked great. So now I'm excited to see a Star Wars movie. Right. Jonathan Hickman taking over the X Men books. I'm yeah, excited to read X Men. But I'm not in there all the times. But I still have a handful of X-Men that I love, and, and none of them are in first class. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, other than other than a two-second cameo by Hugh Jackman, there's, like, none of the top X-Men are in that movie. But it is a good movie, I will say right. that. And then Days of Future Past seemed like a much better movie the first time you saw it. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't seen that one in a while, and I think I have very little interest in kind of revisiting. And that's part of, for me, and it's I like, don't know about everybody else, but it's like, this is the last movie in a group of movies that are at best, 50 50 yeah and um uh it doesn't matter anymore right because this it's the last it's the one. end it's i like, mean what are they what could they possibly do you know that i and i guess it's like now it came out that they were rewriting this movie like on set they, every day apparently they redid the whole third act and they said uh they said they had a problem oh they they said it looked exactly like another big superhero movie, and the rumor is um, because it was the Dark Phoenix saga, it was going to go into space at the yeah. end, and it just looked like Captain Marvel, like Phoenix was flying around like Captain Marvel, yeah. going through spaceships. So they said they grounded it. So I guess it fights on like a train or something. Uh, yes, he's well. I guess even the bad guys See, I would they hope said we... were they're like scrolls, they're shapeshifters. Oh really? That's what somebody was telling me. Is that like the scrolls? They they're basically like uh, unnamed scrolls. They're shapeshifters. Yeah. The best review I saw of this was uh, our friend Mike Lawrence uh, tweeted, uh, "This is two hours of talented, unhappy people." Oh yeah. They, they were like, and all the people who wore makeup refused to wear makeup. Well, like I think Jennifer Lawrence isn't is barely blue. blue in it, so she's just like, "Oh, I've shaped changed to this," and it's literally like like Jennifer Lawrence going this. I don't want to sit. In I'm a contractually chair for obligated hours. to be in this stinker, and I'm not sitting. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to sit in a chair. What's well, so kind of weird is you see all these guys now doing the press tour, and they've got to be like, "Yeah, we had fun. This was a good movie." Blah blah blah, and then it comes out and it's like a stinker, and it's like, "Ooh." Yeah, well, you it's know? like that Batman Superman meme. Yeah, with, that, uh, ben, with Affleck, ben Affleck sad, when they slowly zoom in him. Yeah, sad, yeah, yeah. It, that that became more famous in the movie itself because, like, say what you want about Ben Affleck, whether you like him or not. Yeah, he wrote and directed some very good movies yeah so he, he kn- really wanted to do this yes uh i've said this joke so many times that i have to say i've said this joke so many times before but ben affleck wanted to be batman so bad that he was daredevil right uh but you know you look at movies like argo or uh goodwill hunting he wrote with matt damon right and it's like this guy knows what a good movie is and what a bad movie is so and he, he knows knew, he's in a stinker yeah he knew he was in a bad movie yeah. and I, i'm getting that feeling from dark phoenix and you know like i'm we're at this point where Marvel right now is celebrating the X-Men because they got Fox back. Yeah. They're, they're, they are celebrating the fact that movies like this will never happen again. 
Yeah. And it's yeah, almost we like, should be too. It's like Armistice Day for Marvel. I mean, there is a flood of X-Men product coming out um, to the point. I stopped by uh, Mr. Waynes, Mike Kaplan, who's been on the show, and we were talking about the amount of figures. And I was like, there are more X-Men figures coming out this year than there were in the 90s when all yeah. Toy Biz made was, were X-Men and figures. And they made everybody. Yeah, I got eight in the last two weeks. And then they just announced an, another set, which has like Jim Lee Storm and Iceman and the Silver Samurai yeah. and the X-Factor Cyclops. And, and, and then there's a two-pack with Colossus and Juggernaut coming out. This was the year we already got Professor X in his floating hover chair. Right, that was this year. Yeah, this was the year we got Jubilee. We're getting an entire X-Force set Yeah, because Disney owns Fox. So uh, we're getting... We're getting Arguably the the biggest talent on X Men in um probably ten years, probably since Joss Whedon. Yeah, it seems like it's this is a big push, is that it's Marvel's um you know, this stuff's kind of been absent for a while. The merchandising, yeah. Yeah. uh the X Men comics have been kind of listless for like the last ten right. years. I mean there so. have been there have been big people between Whedon and now, but most of them were like not as big when they did it, and their runs were not as memorable. Right. As like, Ed Brubaker did a run. Matt Fraction did a run. Karen Gillan did a run. And all of those guys are guys that have done incredible right. Eisner-winning comics on one title and something not so great on another title. Yeah. And, like, it seems like all of their X-Men fell directly in the middle. Yeah, and I think part of the problem with the X-Men stuff is that there's usually so many titles that are ramping up and going into crossovers constantly. The X-Men yeah. books kind of seem like they're in a perpetual state of crossover. We just so. had a big crossover to reboot the line in, I think, March or April. Yeah. And now in the summer, we're going to reboot the line. Right. So it's like, it's just kind of, it's, uh, they've been having a hard time. Yeah. So I'm hoping Hickman's got some ideas to bring to the table. It's I like, mean, uh, he's Hickman. So I would, ha- I would, I would imagine he has like two notebooks just full. full of stuff. That's three years of two titles. That seems to be his MO when they said it's going to be like power of X and house of X. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of what he does. Although right. they did announce those are 12 issue miniseries. And then those are going to. And then maybe he'll start. Those are gonna, yeah, he's expected to, do, to reboot Uncanny and X Men. Right. So, uh, but I'm sure he's going to be doing two a month because that's kind of the way he's operated since Fantastic Four. Yeah, it seems that's like a lot of the big guys are doing that where it's like two titles a month that kind of. Well, a lot of titles come out twice a you month. Know, yeah, so it's basically. You know, it's like Tom King was, was doing Batman twice a month, but it was Batman. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, ah. Uh, I went. So from, we didn't go. We didn't. No, go to neither see of it. us went. Yeah. I, I was so I was curious about it, and my weekend, like as I said, my weekend kind of went berserk. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I didn't have time. But then when I saw the reviews, I was like, yeah, no. It was like Hellboy. It was like I love this character. I've loved the other movies. Um, half of my motivation for seeing these movies is well we got the podcast this weekend so that's what we should talk about right so i usually go opening weekend and both of those movies look so bad yeah i i didn't really want to see the dark phoenix but you had said well i'm gonna go see it and you know we should see it and talk about it and then as soon as you texted um you aren't gonna go see it i'm like all right i'll go see godzilla instead no i haven't seen godzilla how is it uh it was okay Um, yeah now compared i really like kong skull island so i'm not gonna compare it to that yeah but compared to the last one with brian cranston where everybody kind of went uh it's okay is yes i actually like that that one more oh okay the first one with brian cranston it's like uh and i don't know what it is it's like um i like the godzilla movies the big monsters so they're like this is gonna be 20 different monsters he's gonna fight them all Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, cool. That's like basically what I'm signing up for is like, I want to see just a lot of monster mashing. And there wasn't a lot of monsters fighting. It's like he fought really? a couple different monsters and there's some pretty cool like big fights. But they spent so much time in every one of these Godzilla movies, like chasing people around, like little people that's like, here's the girl from Stranger Things and she has like a whole plot. And it's like, no, big monster. I don't. I, I don't care about this Stranger Things kid like, running around Boston. It, if there's one lesson we should take from Thor Ragnarok, More it's monsters. big monster. Yeah. Well, it's like when you're giving me the big monster movie, that's what I'm paying the ticket for. I don't need to see this family like try to run around Godzilla while he's like fighting a giant dragon monster. It's like, it was just kind of weird. And there was like m- more... 
There was like more last minute saves by Godzilla in this movie than I think I've ever seen in any movie. It was like six or seven times like the big bad monsters like coming and you're like, oh, this is it. The little kid from Stranger Things, she's going to get eaten. And then like Godzilla, who's just like hiding in a corner. Is he like rushes out? Like, yeah. <laughs> and he like stops this like dragon like three, four times like throughout the movie. It was like it was a little like ridiculous. And uh, I thought it maybe was just me. So if anyone else has seen it, let me know if you thought this was silly as well. Yeah, I still haven't um, seen the first Godzilla, and it was going to be between that and Dark Phoenix. And I was like, I was like, all right, the second Godzilla, where I haven't seen the first one, right? Or uh, the last, the of, last 20 of twenty X Men movies, movies, which I also didn't go to. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, well, we're at the point where there's too many of these movies now to kind of see everything and critique them. So yeah, it's I mean, like it's, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches for yeah, us. It really it, is. It used to be there was one, two, two movies two a year, year for geeks, and now it's like all movies are made. Right. No, there's for. three Marvel movies a year. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about. I mean, and everyone's still kind of feeling the hangover of Endgame, and it's like, oh yeah, there's a Spider-Man movie, right? This, and it's funny and. The last few years, I remember saying this, um, I think was the year, yeah, it was the year that I think Apocalypse and Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. And it came out- I, Those were the same year? I think so. I may be, I may be confusing my timelines, but I, I feel like, uh, I think it was the same year that like Guardians of the Galaxy came out. And I remember, yeah. I remember saying that like Marvel movies are so big, they made you forgot there's a Spider-Man and an X-Men movie. Right. And, and it's like they're doing with Guardians of the Galaxy- it's like yeah. it shouldn't be doable. No, it shouldn't it. be the one you care about when Spider-Man is fighting Electro. Right. And yet it is. Uh, speaking of sequels, uh, there was some news this week that apparently only I care about. Oh, yeah. Um, Indi- I kind of care. Indiana Jones is yeah. supposed to be shooting in 2020. They are going like forward with the last one. They're going forward with the last one. Spielberg directing, Harrison Ford starring in. and uh, Where's George Lucas going to be? Uh, he, he sold it with Star Wars, so he's going to be Hopefully as not in, in the room. No, he's going to be as involved with Indiana Jones as he was with Force Awakens. Okay, of like he's in another room going, you know what I would do, and they're just like, and yeah, he's that, a cracker, and he's doing it through a window because that door's closed. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I've been hearing a ton of uh, Harrison Ford old jokes. I actually used to have a, but I used to have a bit in my stand up. Be, when Crystal Skull was being made. Yeah. Because I was saying, oh, there's another Indiana Ooh, Jones movie. Like 10 years and ago. audiences would be like, really? Because this was like when they were shooting it. Yeah. And I had an old joke about Indiana Jones. Right. Uh, without doing the bit. Um, and that was, now Crystal Skull is now 11 years ago. Right. By the time this movie comes out, it'll probably be like 12, 13 years later. Um, he's up there. Yeah, he's he's. It's like he was old in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I don't try to be like a wise guy or anything, but like he was old, and there were jokes in the movie about like he's old. Being old, yeah. And now it's like he's a lot older. Yeah. And it's like, uh, it's not like when you're you go from thirty to forty. It's like you're going from sixty to seventy. Yeah. You know that's a bigger jump. You know, it's like uh, the younger you are and the older you are, the bigger you notice a ten year jump in your life. Yeah, but I'm I'm still looking forward to it because I look at it this way, and in those last, in the last five years, even Harrison Ford has done one last hand solo, right. nailed it. He did Deckard again for the second time right. in thirty years, nailed it. Right. Um, if he has a script that he thinks is worth doing, I am tr- I am trusting his not even Spielberg. I'm trusting his decision making. Right. And I know pe- there are people that are like, ah, Spielberg's not what he was. I didn't see Ready Player One because I didn't like the book and I don't like that kid who is playing Cyclops oh, right Cyclops, now. Yeah. yeah, in Dark Phoenix. So I didn't want to see him in a movie. Um, I, I didn't like the book because it was just Willy Wonka with 1980s references. Yeah. So I, but I heard it wasn't great. But then again, Tintin wasn't that long ago and they, Action in that is fantastic. Yeah, I, I I saw both of those movies and Ready Player One. I didn't read the book, and that kid was annoying. Um, but the movie's not bad. Uh, Spielberg still kind of. I think he, he still, still has it. it. Yeah, yeah. And especially that Tintin. Uh, you know, I I didn't see that in theaters. Um, and but when I did watch it, I was like, oh man, this is like 
this is like cartoon Indiana Jones. This is kind yeah. of perfect. There, and there were some things he did with the camera because it was animated. Right. Like that pirate ship scene where he like go, it, the camera like goes underwater into the pirate ship through every deck and up to the top of the yeah. sail. And there's like action all over. It's like, those are the kind of things where Spielberg was like, I could not orchestrate yeah, everybody to do, do this. this in live action. Yeah. Or the, or the, there's that perfect scene where, um, like the guys with the guns come to Tintin's apartment. The dog jumps out of the window and uh, gets on the car. Yeah, and they're running through the street. I'm like, this is what Indiana Jones does well. Is Spielberg has this ability, and not many directors have before or since, where he can co- he can give you a story within an action scene. Yeah, where it's like most direct most directors, the story stops. Here's the action scene. I always think of something Chuck Dixon said um, once on his website. He was talking about writing superhero comics, and he said. Writing a superhero comic is like writing a musical. It's like, you know, he's like, when you write a musical, you know, you're going to that song. Right. And you just have to find a valid enough reason to get to that song. Yeah. But, and that's what action is in a superhero comic. It's like, you can tell whatever story you want, but it's going to have to lead to people punching each other. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a box you got to check. And usually those stories, they stop and then we punch each other. And then yeah. we start, when I started writing comic books, um, I like when I would, uh, outline them. I'd be like pages eight and nine, fight. Yeah. And then when I got in there, I'm like, oh yeah, I can't just write fight. Right. And they and to to buy credit, I was writing uh, comic books in the 90s. Right. And people were there doing wasn't, that. Yeah. There wasn't much more to them then. <laughs> yeah. It was like splash page, splash page. Yeah. Splash A lot page. of jumping and screaming. Yes, jumping and screaming and o- overly violent actions. So. Uh, but uh, Spielberg always tells a story. Spielberg always has something happening that has a beginning, middle, and end. Through right. that, it's like yeah. um, the plane fight in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You're always thinking about that gun. Like he drops the he drops the gun and the wheels run over the gun. Yeah, like that's the thread of that whole story. And and it's five minutes of him punching a big guy in the face and the big guy punching him in the face. But while that's happening, there's all these subplots, which is what makes it great. He's trying to get to the gun. He can't get to it. Marion, Marion like knocks out the pilot and gets right. in, and then she gets locked in there. She's trapped in the cockpit. Yeah. All of a sudden, the fuel starts leaking and yeah. catches on fire. That scene where anybody else would be like, punch, 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 punch. I figure out a clever way to kill you. That scene has like four plots. Right. And Tintin did that. So Spielberg still can do that. And if I'm sure they're going to write to Harrison Ford's age because they did in Crystal Skull, Crystal yes. Skull is not a great movie. But I think there's Harrison stuff Ford, in it that's charming. Though. Yeah, there's stuff in it that's charming. I think Harrison Ford does a great job. Yeah, and the, for all indications, he'll do he'll do a good job this time around. It's yeah, like I'm excited for it, but I'm I'm tentatively excited for it because it's like, uh, it's like you know, anytime they're gonna go do the last of a thing, it's like you always gotta kind of wonder like, well, look at this Phoenix movie. It's like exactly you know, it just kind of bombs so. You know, yeah, yeah. I hope for the best, prepare for the worst. You know, yeah, yeah. My favorite thing about this movie was they talked to Harrison Ford. Um, we didn't get to this last week, but uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened, and it was a big deal. It's not even completely open because there's a right. Rise of the Resistance ride. I don't remember hearing about any of this for any like other park opening. You know what I mean? No. It's like maybe like originally when no, Disney you'd World see a opened. press release about a ride. Right. Uh, I mean, Avatar was a big deal, and there were like press releases of it. And I mean, Avatar is a Astounding. Yeah. Like I didn't go on any Oh, it's incredible. I didn't go on any of the rides. The lines were too long, but just walking yeah. through Pandora and the floating rocks. It's bananas. Yes. But Star Wars, uh, they they got George Lucas, because apparently you can get him to hang around. Yeah. He's not doing anything else. Yeah. Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford came. And uh Harrison Ford got to turn on the Millennium Falcon and dedicated yeah. it to Peter Mayhew, which was really nice. Yeah, that's wild. And then they asked him, uh, but when they interviewed him, they asked him, um, what about rebooting Indiana Jones? There's been all of these rumors about Bradley Cooper and Chris Pratt. And Harrison Ford, in his most Harrison Ford, he goes, <laughs> he goes first of all, the full quote is, don't you get it? <laughs> Which no one quoted yeah. when I saw the video. He goes, don't you get it? He goes, when I'm gone, he's gone. Yeah. And he pointed. Yeah, because he's a pointer. Because he's a pointer. I um, uh, I kind of, uh, mm, I know I'm going to get flack for it, but it's like, ahead. I kind of don't uh, hope that that's true. I think it's like uh, he wants to make one last one. That's fine, but it's like I think he's. It's a bit naive to to, to that that they're not going to reboot it. Whether that's ten years from now or twenty years from now or whatever, I think at some point they're rebooting Indiana Jones. It's like it's a property. 
it's made money before. It's like that's just how these things go. You know. See, I hope they don't because unlike most of the other franchises, uh, Indiana Jones is not based on anything else. Right. So you can give me a you can give me a new James Bond every ten years. You can give me a new Spider Man every seven years. You can give me six Batmans because they're all coming from print. Right. So the real thing is print and the movie is always going to be an adaptation of that. Uh, whereas Indiana Jones, it was that movie. They made a movie that starred Harrison Ford right. and then they made a, f- a few more. I always wanted to see an Indiana Jones animated series. And yeah, that would have been when amazing. Crystal Skull came out, uh, Clone Wars was a big deal. Like they were in the, Dave Floney was in the middle of making the Clone Wars series. In fact, they launched the Clone Wars series because they had like the pilot in movie theaters. 2008. Right. Yeah, they really pushed um, it. Yeah, 2008 was a crazy year for movies. A bad year for the economy. Crazy yeah. year for movies because um, that was the year Indiana Jones' Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out and I had pinned all my hopes on that. And that was also the summer that uh, Iron Man and Dark Knight came out, which were two seminal right movie theater the same fucking summer and then there were other ones that went under the radar like hellboy 2 the golden army is really good that came out they made a second x-files movie that wasn't good but they put it out yeah i didn't even know they did a second one star wars clone wars was a movie yeah like it ran in theaters it was like every single franchise was put something out in the summer of 2008 but i had all my eggs in that basket but um then when clone wars was a big hit and crystal skull was out i'm like why don't you? Why don't you do an Indiana Jones? Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Where it's just every every episode is I go after another artifact and make them up. Yeah, you know, you know, get it. Have them get the Wanda Watum for all I care. Yeah, but you know, you, you can use every locale. You can keep the action really fast paced because they're twenty minute episodes. And they never did it, and I thought, well, if they don't do that, then they probably shouldn't do anything else. They did do the Young Indiana Jones television series. It was horrible. Yeah. They put them all out on DVD when Crystal Skull came out. I bought them all. Right. I watched maybe three episodes. Because they're that bad. They're really bad. Yeah. So I, I'm fine with him taking it with him. And I'm fine with it being one of those things where people are like, oh, yeah, these movies from the 80s are really good. It's like, you know what? Nobody rebooted Dirty Harry. Right. They were like, nobody rebooted Rambo. They were characters of their time that had one actor associated with it. Nobody's yeah, rebooting like Rocky. Nobody's rebooting Die Hard. Yeah. You know, give me a different character set in that universe. And, there, and a lot of people have tried. I mean, The Mummy was an attempt to make Brendan Fraser Indiana Jones. Uh, Tomb Raider as a game and then as a movie with Angelina Jolie was an attempt to make a girl Indiana Jones. Right. Nobody's ever quite. There's a formula that's hard to crack. Yeah. And I think that formula is Spielberg and Harrison Ford. I, uh, n- not necessarily George Lucas. Right. And honestly, Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie ever made. And every time I see it, I go, yeah, it's this. Yeah. Um, they can keep making movies, and I will keep going. But this is the this is as good as it gets. Yeah, and probably, it, it definitely has something to do with my age, that it hit me at just oh, the yeah, right time. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, I was electrified by Empire Strikes Back. Like, Empire Strikes Back is the perfect sequel because and every sequel tries to do this right is it takes that first movie which is closed ended and opens the universe so wide yeah that you're just like oh my god anything there's can so much more here. yeah we can go anywhere and you see that with the marvel comics where like the marvel comics between star wars and empire are crazy weird yeah that's like, like they clearly don't know what they're doing they have no idea there's like following a pink bunny around it's like roy thomas and carmen infantino but then after Empire, it feels like Star Wars. It's still kind of dated, but like after Empire, it's like Luke and Lando are flying the Millennium Falcon looking for Han Solo. But everybody they run into in every planet they go into feels, feels like, a Star like Wars. yeah, and it feels like the next eight movies because Star Wars and Empire put those two stakes in the ground, and kind of Star Wars is like here's this. A New Hope is, here's as fantasy as we should get. Yeah. And then Empire is like, here's as hard sci-fi dark as we should get. And all Star Wars that has been good Plays has been between, between those two. And, you know, Phantom Menace went more fantasy than New Hope, and it wasn't great. Yeah. Um, but when Empire came out, that, then I my star, my star Wars just exploded. Superheroes stopped existing until 1984, until a year after Return of the Jedi. For yeah. Me. 
And Star Wars had to finish. Star Wars was my entire universe, but after Empire, um, Raiders of Lost Ark came out, and for me, I'm like nine, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like Han Solo is alone in his own movie, right? In the best action movie ever, and I still think Raiders of Lost Ark is better than any Star Wars movie. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But and I love it so much that I I love all the sequels, and all the sequels are flawed. None of the sequels do what Empire Strikes Back did. None of those sequels open up Indiana Jones' world. Every one of those sequels is somehow smaller than Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, they're Ark. like a sliver. Yeah. They, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a bigger story than any of its sequels. And I don't know why. And I've often said this, is each one of the sequels leans too hard into one genre. Raiders right. of the Lost Ark, one of the reasons it's perfect is it's, it's the right balance of every single Genre. Every genre is represented. Yeah, there's action, there's comedy, there's intrigue, there's romance, there's uh, period pieces, there's character uh, character arcs. Everything you want in a movie is in this movie. Yeah. And whereas all the sequels have like not enough of something, too much of something else. Right. You know, like um, Temple of Doom is a lot of horror, a lot of horror, and the horror works. Um, there's a lot of comedy too, but the comedy doesn't work in yeah. the way that it works in Raiders and Last Crusade. Last Crusade is too much comedy. It's my favorite of the sequels. Right, but it's like very uh, chummy. Yeah, it's my favorite of the sequels because it's it's so much fun. But it's like, honestly, you get to that third act and you get to the ten- the, the Temple of the Grail. Yeah. I'm, I don't feel like there's any stakes. It's just like, ooh, oh. This guy's going to get this cup. You can then... throw dust. Oh, right. Uh, Jehovah doesn't start with a J. Yeah. And it's like you're you're not um you're not emotionally invested. You don't think he's gonna die. Right. Whereas like Raiders, it's like I don't they tied him up and they're and right. ghosts this are flying. Pretty around. bad. And then of course Crystal Skull is like way too sci-fi. Where it's yeah. like he's you know, they're it's not even the Crystal Skulls, but like CG ants climbing each other. Yeah, they it, well, yeah, that's George Lucas nonsense. Yeah, and and Spielberg just going, Of course it'll be CG. Yeah. So um, I don't think this fifth Indiana Jones is going to be the greatest movie ever. No. Like, I freely admit going to... I, I admitted this to Mark Norman, who's been on the show. Because <laughs> uh, we all went to Iron Man together. Uh, Mark, Mark Norman, uh, Mike Lawrence, all these guys that have been on the show. Mike Drucker. Like, there were like eight of us that went. And uh, as we walked out, Kamel Nanjiani and Emily Gordon were walking in, and we tried not to spoil it. Uh, but that was also the summer he was waiting for... The X-Files sequel. Yeah. Which, um, when it came back as a show, he was fucking in. Uh, and I was waiting for Indiana Jones. And Mark Norman's like, I think that's going to live up to it. And I'm like, I think it'll be good. Yeah, but, I'm know, hoping. But there's no, there was no way to wrap your head around Iron Man at the yeah. time. Because you remember, you went into Iron Man with very low expectations. Yeah, I was actually like, uh, I was kind of surprised they were making an Iron Man movie. Because no one cared about Iron Man. Right. And, and it was because Marvel could afford it. Right, it was the only one they could do, and I watched that like god awful '90s cartoon with Iron Man, and being like, "Well, this wasn't great." Yeah. So the second season is okay. It gets a little bit better, but the it's still pretty rough. Yeah, the second season is like '90s X Men, and the second season all they do is John Byrne and Jack Kirby. Right. And the animation gets better. Yeah, but yeah, it's, that first season's it's pretty rough. Garb. If uh, anyone wants to know how bad the '90s Fantastic Four cartoon is, and I will put this on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, Google. Fantastic Four Flame On song. Oh, it's a real song. Oh, there's an episode where um, Brian Austin Green, who is like the ninth banana on 90210, played Human Torch and got the producers to let him sing a rap song. Why? And the whole episode stops so that he can do a rap song. That's and, so weird. And it's animated horribly. Yeah. Um, I'll skip that if you. Yeah, you know. it's a low point of 90s cartoons. But yeah, there. Uh, I particularly like the second seasons of Iron Man and Fantastic Four for '90s cartoons. They figured like, they made it a little bit better. It's like that Hulk cartoon. It was yeah, okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um. So I was just kind of like, uh, these guys aren't gonna know what to do with Iron Man, and uh, I think I don't know that anyone really kind of told you could could have predicted where that was. This was going. Yeah, I, I I remember sitting in the theater about an hour into it. And going, wow, I've loved everything they've done. Yeah. And it's like it's like around the time that like he flies back to Iraq and like gets revenge on the terrorists. Yeah. You know, um, where like he targets all the terrorists around the hostages. I'm like, 
And, and he shoots the tank and walks away. Yeah. And it blows up. And I was like, I really, really like this. Yeah, this, this. is really cool. Like, I, I had... I had that Fantastic Four expectation of like, well, there's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's more of like, uh, they're doing it. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's how well they could do it. Right. Okay. Yeah. No one was prepared for that. And Indiana Jones couldn't stand in front of it. But I, I do want to see it. Yeah. It's, so it starts filming in 2020. It'll be out in like 2021, 2022. Probably 2021. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's, Ooh. you know, obviously a swan song. But he still looks good. Yeah. I'm always like worried about him. I'm like, oh man, don't, you know, do too many stunts or. I know. I you feel know, Take I it f- easy. I feel like Harrison Ford doesn't entirely understand his status in pop culture. Was like. He always seems a bit lost. He always seems like, I don't know, I'm an actor. Like, he, he doesn't seem to recognize. He recognizes that like Hansel and Indiana Jones are more popular than like Jack Ryan, yeah, <laughs> um, or or his role in Regarding Henry. Like he seems to get, oh yeah, that's my most popular role, but he doesn't understand that why? he he doesn't know he's an icon, yeah. And I'm like, there are so many times in my life, I'm like, why isn't Harrison Ford everywhere? Yeah, like why isn't Harrison Ford Tom Cruise? Yeah, I think he's like, a, he's such a like Tom Cruise thinks he's Harrison Ford. Yeah, I think Tom Cruise I, thinks he's like a big beloved like action star, and I don't know how much of that's true. No, Tom For- Tom Cruise is a very good, very popular actor, but I don't think Tom Cruise is an icon. He's made a ton of those Mission Impossible movies, and every time they come out, I'm like, oh, yeah, Tom Cruise makes Mission Impossible movies. They still make those, yeah. But like, I don't even remember his last name. He's like Ethan. Is Ethan his last name in those? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I've ever seen one all the way through. It's Tom Cruise. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen bits of a bunch of them. Yeah. But uh, Tom Cruise, I'm like more interested in when he does a drama. I feel like I, I feel like Harrison Ford should be walking around thinking he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. And Tom Cruise should be walking around thinking that he's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Well, I think Harrison Ford's kind of a weirdo. You know, you yeah, see interviews bit. and stuff and he's always like a little off. It's a little awkward. He gives like one word answers. It's yeah, like he, anytime they interview Al Pacino, it's like, why are you guys doing this? This poor or man. De Niro. Yeah. De Niro's um, what yeah, I mean. I mean, he lives in Montana and he flies a plane around. That's all he really wants yeah. to do. Um, but you know who does great interviews with Harrison Ford uh, is Conan O'Brien. Yeah, he Conan really lean plays into, the... into Conan's whole angle is like you're this crusty old guy. Yeah, and then you like, don't like doing this, and you can see that like Harrison Ford has fun with it, and Jimmy Kimmel has done some stuff with it. Um, Jimmy Kimmel gets like all the Disney guys. Like when Force Awakens came out, he had Harrison Ford because uh, ABC is Disney. But like you could t- see Jimmy Kimmel was kind of trying to do what conan does yeah but conan's got like this real natural sense of like hey well please welcome this grumpy old man right <laughs> and then harrison ford plays up the grumpy old man yeah which i i don't think is a stretch for him no but he, he's a lovable curmudgeon yeah he's a jolly curmudgeon so yeah so i definitely want to see him well speaking of iron man which we dovetailed into um my as we said our weeks have been crazy um my week at work wasn't great building up to it. So I got home Friday night and I was, uh, I ordered the Mezco 112 Batman. Yeah. We were talking about these. We've been talking about these for the last couple of weeks. I had the Spider-Mans. Um, I probably got them last year. There's a red and black Spider-Man and a, um, there's a black Spider-Man and a red and blue Spider-Man. And they're really beautiful. If you don't know what they are, they're basically Marvel Legends. So they're six inch figures. And God knows we've talked enough about Marvel Legends in the last year to the point where Steven now buys them. Yeah, we're big fans. Um, imagine a Marvel, imagine it's the cross between a Hot Toys figure shrunken down to half size and a Marvel Legend. So basically, it has the posability of Marvel Legend, but the sculpting detail and the clothes of a Hot Toys. So basically, Spider Man has no visible joints. Right. But he's completely posable. And he's in like a onesie. Yeah, they're expensive. So uh, I got I got Spider-Man early on maybe last year. And I've always considered But a lot of my action figure friends, um, Mike Kaplan, who owns Mr. Wayne's, raves about him and not just because he sells them. Uh, my friend Joe Fransom, who refuses to come on the show. Yeah, never. Uh, loves them. So, they, so the Batman came out. And so I ordered... There's a variant Bronze Age Batman. So there's a variant blue and gray Batman with a yellow oval. And that's my jam. Because out of all the Batmans, and I love all the Batmans, Bronze Age is like, Neil Adams Batman is my quintessential Batman. Right, that's the Batman. Yeah, it's like John Byrne X-Men is my quintessential X-Men, even though I admit that Jim Lee is more iconic. 
So I was like, well, I'll order the blue and gray one. And then the gray and black one, so the modern one came out. And I didn't like the pictures. And then I started to see video online and I started to see pictures online. And I just felt, you know, uh, I had that feeling that you do when you go out for one drink and you're like, I got to watch my money. I'll go out for one drink and say goodbye. And then somebody's like, hey, let's get shots. And you go, I like shots. All right. And you know the damage you're doing when you say yes. That's how I felt about the gray, black Batman. Uh, I showed up yesterday. He is so nice. First, yeah, so you ordered Friday and they were here Saturday. No, no, I ordered it last Friday. So he, oh, it took him about a week to show up. Um, the thing that really amazed me, me about him, I mean, he's got everything you want. He, he's got the, you know, separate utility belt and he's super posable and he's got a black uh, plastic bat sitting on top of his costume. He's got a great head sculpt. He's got four heads. Yeah, so when we say they're like hot toys, it's like we're like that level of like accessories. Yeah. Oh, he's got the twelve batarangs, yeah, different weapons. Yeah, he's got different the heads. grappling hook. He's got a, a gigantic base, but he's got a, a long ears head, a short ears head, a battle damaged head, which like cracks the helmet, and you see Bruce Wayne's eye, and then a Bruce Wayne head. Yeah. Um, he showed up with a couple other figures, and he was so great. And honestly, I was in a crappy mood. And nobody was home and I needed somebody to hang out with. And you were home having kidney stones. Yeah. Um, I ran over to Mr. Wayne's. I was like, you know what? I got Friday night free. I know he's open. So I went over and saw Mike and talked to him. And he had Iron Man from Mezco. And which is a completely different story. Because Iron Man doesn't have any clothes. So they made him out of metal. Yeah. He weighs like, I mean, he's hefty. Yeah. You're holding him now. Yeah. There's weight to this. It's insane. Yes. Uh, originally, when I saw the pictures, they put a lot of extra detail. They put like rivets and lines, but he's classic, like Bronze Age Iron Man, like red and gold with the shoulder pads. And I'm like, oh, that's not Iron Man. He's too detailed. And then I opened up the box and looked at him. And it's like, that's oh, kind of perfect. Yeah. I had that feeling I had when I adopted my cats. Right. Of like, you're coming home with me. Yeah. I'm going to care about you forever. Yeah. Uh, Steven, as somebody who's dipping his toe into the water, you haven't let go of him the entire show. Yeah. I mean, it's like... What's uh, your... I'm not going to say, are you going to run out and buy it? Definitely not. First of all, the price points beyond what I can justify. Um, They're they're pretty amazing. I think this is the kind of stuff if I had the money for, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, because they've done Cap, I'm sure. Yeah, Cap is very expensive now because he's been out of print for a while. He's probably the hardest to get. Um, Joker is shooting up. But they're yeah. doing a second Joker. They're well, that's always that. a good threshold to stay out of it. Is like, oh, the the if you want to build a complete team of the guys that you're going to want to do, you can't do it because the Captain America is unavailable. You know, right? It makes and it as easy. It makes you, the decision for me. You know what? As uh, like a high end toy, like hot toys, they're going to cherry pick the characters anyway. Like, right? You're not going to get. You're not going to get like Wonder Man. Right. They're not, they're just not going to make them. Yeah. Like they're doing X-Men now, but they're doing psych. They've done Wolverine. They're doing Cyclops, Cyclops, Cable and Gambit. I do not expect to see a Bishop. Mm. I do not accept, no expect to see like nineties Jean Grey. Yeah. They're not, do, you know, it took Marvel Legends 20 years to make Jubilee. Yeah. It's uh, they're not going to go deep on these. No, it's a listers. But what, what's your opinion holding them in your hand? Oh, it, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it's like just the weight alone of this thing's insane. And I think because it's uh, it's classic Iron Man, it's like it's I like when they kind of we disagreed about this because I don't mind the changes they make. I like when they take the classic look and they're like, well, how would it really look mm. instead of it's like, you know, the arms are always kind of like just muscles muscles. Yeah, it's like, no, this is paneling. Yeah, well, that's um, what I liked about the modern of... armors when they redesigned the armor to be paneling. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, that does make sense. But there's a charm to the class. And it, honestly, had they made him in a modern armor, I probably would have got him as well. Right. Like if it was like extremists. Yeah, which is or, like super iconic. Yeah. Or yeah. Or like bleeding edge. Even. Yeah. Oh, and he lights up. He does light up. His chest lights up. I didn't put the battery in. But yeah. Yeah. He lights up. They're going crazy with there's a michael keaton batman coming i got ash from evil dead too yeah and he's amazing there are certain characters and there's also like the hellboy i got the uh dark horse and thousand toys got together and put out basically a mezco version of hellboy which is ironic because mezco did all the figures when the ron perlman movies were out right uh and they were bigger more cartoony but it's it's exactly like um 
these figures wear, since Hellboy's wearing a, a coat and no shirt, they just gave him a rubber body. Right. Like, so you can bend him all around, but there's no seams in his body. Yeah. And, uh, again, pretty nice. I mean, we're getting to the point yeah. where they're asking, you know, when Marvel Legends started, they were $7. It's insane. Like, uh, it was like Marvel Legends and Lord of the Rings were the same size. They were like $7. And now um, the cable coming out is $100, and he's the same size. Right. But you kind of see what the, where you the definitely see went. where the money's going with these things yeah yeah so i don't know how many i'm gonna get it all i think it all depends on how much money i have at the time and uh how bad a day i have at work the greatest thing in the world this week so uh there's a lot of news around the dc universe app and we were we meant to talk about this but it looks like warner brothers might be shutting it down yeah. They canceled Swamp Thing after one episode. They'll run the rest of it, but that's it. Um, they gave Titans a second season order, but they could pull the plug. Doom Patrol finished, and they haven't given that the green light yet. But Doom Patrol is the only thing I'm watching. Yeah. And it's taking me a long time. I don't like binging it. It's Because it's weird. It's weird, and it's weird in like an unsettling In a Doom Patrol way. way. In a Doom Patrol way, but it's all it's a very, very strange show. And I was trying to put my finger on why um, it pulls very heavily from the Grant Morrison run. And one of the reasons I'm not re- watching it fast is I'm reading the Grant Morrison run now. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm almost finished. Comixology Unlimited has the entire Grant Morrison run up for free. So I've been reading the trades like on my way to work and watching episodes because they're leaning on it so heavily I don't want them to spoil it. But... It's really interesting. It keeps me coming back, but I can't say that I like it. Yeah. You know, it's in that range. Because it's weird. It's weird. It's like, it's a little cheap. It's definitely cheaper than like a Netflix show, but it's trying to do more. And I think the thing that hit me on the head was it's trying to be a Netflix show like Robot Man says fuck all the time. Yeah. Um, But as I was watching the credits, it says Berlanti Productions. And I'm like, oh, Greg Berlanti is the guy that does Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. So it's in the same vein. It's in the same vein while being more adult. Yeah. And it has like that level of effects where it's like, okay, this is clearly a CG effect. Right. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's getting fooled, but okay, I'm cl- I'm seeing what you want me to see. Right. Like there, uh, it does the job. Yeah, I fell off Flash after season one, but I remember uh, I came back when he was in Gorilla City, and there were like shots where he had to fight a gorilla in an arena, and I'm like, wow, TV shows can't do this, and they did a fine job, and I'm yeah. like, but it was clearly, you know, flashing yeah, against a blue screen. screen, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's 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 a very very odd show. It's got some good names in it, like Brendan Fraser is Robot Man, although he's it like, like kind of works. Yeah, he's in the he's it's mostly a voiceover job because right. he's not somebody else is in the suit. Yeah, he's not in the suit, but then they show him in flashbacks. Um, he's interesting. Timothy Dalton plays Niles Calder. Um, Tim- yeah, Timothy Dalton's the weirdo from uh, the Hot Fuzz. Yeah, that's funny that you went there first because he was a James Bond in the eighties. Yeah, he followed Roger Moore, and he wasn't that. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad, but the, he only made two movies, and then yeah. they got Pierce Brosnan. Uh, they were like, he was Bond for 10 years and only made two movies, so that's how good he was. Um, but he's kind of having fun with it. Timothy Dolan's got a very Patrick Stewart-ness about him. Yeah, he's a weird, uh, he always seems kind of weird to me. Yeah, and Niles Calder is a weird character. Yeah. Like, as I'm reading the Grant Morrison, he's kind of Professor X, but you cannot trust him. Right, he's like a much shadier character. Yeah, he's clearly using all these people. But uh, they're doing a pretty good job, and it's enough to keep me going. I'm if the DC app goes away, I, I'm okay. It, it sounds like yeah, Warner Brothers. Is doing it sounds that? like Warner Brothers. I think Warner Brothers is scared of Disney because they become the Burger King of entertainment. Yeah, and I think they're like, hey, if we just steal everything that's in this DC app, and then we add a Harry Potter section, and we add a Looney Tunes section, um, we can do Warner Brothers Plus. Which honestly makes more sense. And if it's the same price. Yeah, it's like, what were they thinking? I mean, I, I was really excited about the DC Universe app. We talked about it on a lot of shows when they were announcing it. And I was like, this is amazing. It's going to be Comixology and Netflix and Amazon in one. And then the experience, they have a lot of stuff you can't find. Yeah. Because their homepage is real shallow. And you have to, 
you have to know exactly what you're searching for for it to bring anything up. Right. Like, um, you go there and it's like, hey, watch Batman the Animated Series. And it's like, really? All the time? Like, they have every DC animated movie, but you wouldn't know that unless you went in and went, you New Frontier. Right. And you don't know what you don't know. That's the hard part about right. websites. They've made those things that you don't... Uh, I don't even know how many of those even exist. Right. You so... Know? Yeah, and that's the thing. And we're at a point now where everybody's going to launch their own streaming. Yeah, we're basically app, just back then, to buying cable pop. Pro- yeah, packages. eventually the wave's going to break and roll back because I think things like this are going to happen where they go, oh, not enough people want to pay for DC every month right. for just DC. So make I mean, it bigger. Yeah, Disney, they're going to. Right, that's a much different uh, animal. Yeah, CBS, um, I showed up for Star Trek Discovery. And now we've done a second season of Discovery, and I think Twilight Zone Twilight Zone is running right now. And I'm like, hmm, how long can I wait to just binge everything and get out again? Right, and then cancel like, it. Like, do I wait for Picard to show up? Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, the most, I don't know if I talked about this, they announced the title for the Star Trek Picard show, and it was it was the most deflating announcement ever. Because I, I clicked on an email that was like, Star Trek Picard show title announced. And then yeah. he, I clicked onto their email and then it was like, follow this link. And I clicked on the link and then banners popped up and then I dismissed the banners. And then they were like, it's Star Trek Picard. Right. It's like, come on it's guys. Like, you kind of told me that in the subject line. Yeah. Clickbait. Uh, and as excited as I am about that show, I'm like, how can I save up all my CBS shows so I can watch them in one month and get out? Right. So, um, DC's not long for this world. And I think there will be a home for these shows because they spent money to make them. But um, so I would I do not say go get the DC app. Yeah, you're but, not recommending it. But eventually, Doom Patrol will show up on a Warner Brothers app somewhere or, else. Or yeah, they might throw it at Hulu, uh, which Disney now owns. Uh, it if it pops up on something, it's kind of worth your time. Yeah, I keep hearing it. I just uh, I could, I could care less about those characters, and I could too. And even re- so even reading stuff. the Grant Morrison run, and I love Grant Morrison. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't mm. care about the characters. I I'm just interested in what you're doing with them. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am with the show. I'm like, all right, we're the show does what the book does. It goes to a place with superheroes that no one else is willing to go to. Right. So. Um, so the other thing I've really been doing besides suffering is, uh, I'm reading a Thanos omnibus. Okay. So it's all the Jim Starlin. So is it everything from his first appearance to all the way before the, right before the infinity gauntlet. Okay. So all 70s stuff. Yeah. Does it have that Spidey super story where he flies a helicopter that says Thanos? If it is, it's not, I haven't seen it yet. They did a lot of the issues of an Iron Man. And then now it's in. It did an issue of Avengers. It's in issues of Captain Marvel, and then some Warlock stuffs coming up. And uh, I, 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 I guess I don't know like how to think about it. Like they're not great stories. They're it's like seventies Marvel cosmic, so it's like they're fun. Um, but they just kind of gave Jim Starlin like the keys of the kingdom, and they're like, do whatever you want with Captain Marvel. Do whatever you want with Thanos. And like he gave all this like cosmic powers to Captain Marvel. This like cosmic awareness and like changed the character, and. Uh, and then, like, he, they just, like, let him run with Thanos and, like, whatever he wanted to do with it in Drax. So it's, like, it's more interesting to see how, like, I don't know how old he was or how long he was at the company or why they trusted him or if these were just characters nobody cared about. But just it's it's interesting that they just kind of let this guy play, it seems. Well, you know? yeah, that's the way comics used to be. I mean, that's the thing I miss most about comics. And honestly, I don't see any way it can return to that. But in the even in the 80s, like the end of the Bronze Age, when I started reading it, you got the feeling that it was like 12 guys in an office yeah. putting out like 20 books. And as long as your sales didn't tank, they didn't really care. Right. They weren't really paying attention to you. No, it's like when you know? there's a uh, famous story was like um, when Jerry Conway decided to kill Gwen Stacy. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. They decided to ask Stan. He didn't care. Yeah. He was just like, uh-uh. Uh, they, like when there was a, b- a bunch of backlash, he was he was very stand, yeah. Then, like, then, oh, then, I didn't know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, but you know, today there would be meetings and meetings and meetings about it. Like, okay, well, yeah. There's a list of characters we, they approved to kill off. And yeah, how are we going to promote this event? And and how is this going to conflict with what somebody's doing next year in this book? Do we need that character for this? Um, does the way they die? Uh, imitate the way somebody else died and something else. There's meeting upon meeting upon yeah. meeting because it's a big company. And back then it was like, 
if you read Marvel Comics: The Untold Story by Sean Howe, which is a, just so, such yeah, a great highly book, recommend. Like they just took a, like those guys in the seventies were just smoking pot in each other's apartment, and they're like, "What if there was a raccoon in space?" Right. But now, if you want to like give Rocket Raccoon a cyborg arm, well, he's a million dollar character. Yeah, you got to go through the yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, it'll, it's a time that'll never exist again, you know. So it's uh, interesting to kind of see it play out. Yeah. So if you want to tell us about uh, the time you'll that will never come again, for for example, the time where Stephen has a kidney stone. I hope to never again experience. It, yes, I feel should, terrible. <laughs> that should be a time that never comes yeah. again. Well, you can let us know. I'm at Not on My Book, both on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official social feed of Caffeinated Comics. Um, because I didn't want to start an at Caffeinated Comics and try to build followers from the ground. No, up. no, no. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash comics, where we post all the news during the week and sometimes just funny, weird stuff. Um, anything I particularly like, I just throw up there. Yeah, it's good. And if you want to follow the show, um, Stephen? Yeah, we're uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes is uh, you know where we find our – make our home. It's great. And uh, we're part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network under the Lifestyle tabs. We're the yeah, first. we're actually the second one under the Ooh. Lifestyle tab. We used to be the first, and there's a new show Ooh. on the network called Back to You. Yeah. And they start with a B, yeah. and now they're the first one. We're the second one. We're the one. second because it's But we're still very, very visible there. Yeah. And uh, Stephen is also at the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. That's, that is true. Where... Um, I, I'm tempted for him to take a picture of this stone when it comes out. Yeah, if I can find it, I'll. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna name it. You know? Yeah, they're not very gross looking. They look. Well, like, I don't think they're very big either. I think they're, they're smaller like than little you think. beige. Yeah, pebble th- things. So we'll so, see. So uh, I challenge you to take a picture. Yeah, I'll of, keep you posted because I also want to know when it passes. Yeah, yeah, I'll, um, we'll which I'm sure them. will be by next week. When my we, fingers crossed, we will talk to you then. <laughs>